My goodness, it's been a strange few weeks. And that's quite a thing to say in the year we've had. As we've watched the numbers of those affected by COVID rise, as we've seen so many places close their doors again, including those of the Good Shepherd on a Sunday, as we've gone into another lockdown, as we've seen a Remembrance Sunday like no other from our own homes. As our TV screens have been filled with American politics, accusations of cheating, fraud and fake news, who could have imagined? Bishop Gully spoke at the Carillon on Remembrance Sunday. She spoke of the relevance of God's word through the Bible in all times, even or maybe especially in times such as these. And as we return to these words of Paul's to a church so very far from here, in time and location, it really struck me how relevant this letter is to us today. There are two things that struck me as I read this part of Paul's letter. The first is that this letter is really a thank you note. Thank you. Two very small words, but that hold so much meaning, so much feeling and so much sentiment. Two small words that can make you feel appreciated, valued and even noticed. When I was little, well, still now, actually, we wrote our thank you letters the day after our birthday and on Boxing Day without fail. In these strange days, showing our appreciation seems even more important. But also being grateful for what we have, even if life is very different and we maybe feel a sense of loss for how life was before this pandemic. That isn't always so easy. I think the Philippians and Paul can teach us a lot. Those eagle-eyed amongst us may have noticed that it's taken a while for Paul to get to that thank you. The letter is almost done. We've been on quite a journey through these pages as Paul has taught us how to pray. He has shared his great desire to know Christ in all his fullness. He has instructed us on humility and the example Christ is for us all. But Paul starts this passage by saying how thankful he is that the church in Philippi are showing their concern for him by sending financial support. And this gift was not an easy one to give either. Even delivering the money was a challenge. Philippi was 700 miles from Rome where Paul was imprisoned, and that is as the crow flies. It would have been a treacherous journey over land and sea. And the Philippians were suffering persecution. Raising extra funds to give away would have been a challenge in itself. And there was also a risk to be seen to support Paul, who was accused of treason against Rome. It would not be good to be associated with him. Would we have contributed to this gift in these circumstances? Many of the Philippians were at a risk of losing their jobs and homes because of their faith, yet they gave from the little they had in this time of uncertainty. Giving away our money can undermine our sense of security, can't it? We all like that security blanket, our rainy day money. 
but unemployment, difficulty paying bills, not knowing how you're going to buy food for the next meal is a frightening reality for many at the moment. Maybe circumstances not dissimilar to the Philippians, yet out of their little they gave to support Paul's ministry. How can we maybe invest in the kingdom of God? How could we share God's kingdom with those around us who feel lost? Last week, Sue spoke about the word blessed as she considered the Beatitudes. She described blessed as a happiness that transcends what happens in the world around us, a happiness in the soul. Paul here too, in these final almost postscript moments at the end of the letter, is sharing the most amazing thing. He's sharing his secret to contentment, the happiness within his soul. Now this may be a real challenge for us in these days. To feel content may seem impossible. Are any of us able to say, life is good? What does it take for us to be able to say that? Is it good health? Is it having enough money in the bank to know we're comfortable? For things to be good, do we have to have the best car, the newest gadget, to be going on the best holiday? Or maybe it's as simple as being able to be with family and friends again, to hug those we love. And what do we do when life isn't so good? Do we complain, moan, feel sorry for ourselves? Do we let life pass by as we dream of what could have been? Or are we always striving to make life better, to reach that point of contentment that we are sure will come if we just buy one more thing? I think our culture, our society, shows many signs of lack of contentment. People are obsessed with having the biggest, the best, the latest. They'll even get into debt to get those things. I was brought up to only buy something when you'd saved up for it. Now that is not a characteristic of today. But Paul tells us he has learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. That feels like quite a challenge, especially at the moment when we are having to give up so much to protect those around us and ourselves, when we are asked to restrict our freedom and our pleasure unable to see family and friends. What are your contentment levels like at the moment? I suspect pretty low. It's easy to let these difficult circumstances overwhelm us and to dwell on the negatives. But Paul, Paul tells us we need to learn how to be content in all circumstances. In verse 12, he tells us, I know what it is to be in need, And I know what it is to have plenty. When things are hard, our anxieties and worries can make us take our eyes off Christ. And when things are going well, remember those days, we tend to forget God and just enjoy all we have. We have no need for God. Paul tells us we need to work on this. It doesn't come naturally. It isn't an instant transformation. It's something we learn over time as we walk with God 
each day. I'll finish by just looking at one of the most inspirational verses from this letter. Verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now this verse is frequently read out of context and misinterpreted. It's sometimes seen as God providing everything we want. But it's not an invitation to achieve all we desire or to do exactly as we wish. It's a promise that we can rely on Christ's strength as we face any circumstance that comes our way. It's a promise of hope and courage. It was a promise to the church in Philippi and it is a promise to us today. It is written in the present tense, so that means it's a continual promise, not just a one-off. A continual day-by-day infusion of God's strength to enable us to serve him, just as Paul did, in whatever circumstance. It's the secret of contentment, the secret of peace through the power and grace of God, complete dependence on Christ. And if that feels just too hard in these difficult days of lockdown, maybe we should remember that it takes a man sitting in prison because of corrupt officials awaiting possible execution over fake charges to tell us how to find contentment. Our contentment is in Christ, no matter what happens to us or what others do to us. We can know that the Lord is with us and he will never forsake us. How do those words make you feel? The Lord is with us and he will never forsake us. We can do all things through him who gives us strength. Amen.